There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. Hockey fans, and how are you doing today? It's Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. This is Season 4, Episode 17, an episode that we are calling The Kehoe, as in Rick Kehoe, uh, legendary number 17 for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, he, he, he started his career in Toronto with the Maple Leafs, but he was known as a Penguin. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit of Penguins on this episode. Uh, we'll talk about a lot of different stuff, but... But Rick Kehoe kind of inspired us a little bit to uh, to talk some penguins and stuff. But uh, more on that in a in a, in a minute. Um, it's co-host Tom here with you. I've got with me as always co-host Randy. Looks like Randy's uh, looking over his shoulder, going into the corner. How's he going to play this one, um, Randy? You going to uh, just try and eat the clock here by pinning the puck against the boards? Are you going to move it, rim it around, or uh, what's going on here? Which corner are we talking about here, Tommy? <laughs> uh, if, it's, the, if it's in the, the D zone, zone. oh, D zone, zone, D zone, then I'm going to go for a change. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The offensive zone, you know, I'll probably just uh, cycle it down low. You'll pick it up behind the net. You'll find me. Um, I'll dangle a little bit. Then I'll hit you back door. You put it, put it All home, right. uh, you know, off the face off, next face off, dump it in, do the same thing and break <laughs> Billy Moisienko's record. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah. fast Patrick now is like 20 seconds. Um, well, that sounds pretty easy, I guess. Uh, we've got it made in the shade here with uh, with plans like that. Like, I, I always find whenever I go, um, and I mean, it's a, it's a much different story playing, you know, rec league hockey uh, than, than contact hockey, right? Like, uh, when you go into the corners or, or whatnot, it's a little more of an intimidating place to be when you're playing contact hockey. But even in rec hockey, sometimes you get some heated battles down there, um, especially if it's a tight game, you know. Um, and I always find it hard to, uh, like, I, I watch hockey on TV and I see the guys, like, go right up against the boards and they stop every puck that goes by them on the boards, like clearing attempts that go up the boards or whatever. And the guy will just put his body against the boards and stop everything that goes by. When I try that every time the puck goes through me, and I'm like, what is going on? Well, they, they, uh, they, that's why they get paid the big bucks. I think. I guess so. Yeah. But yeah. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give this little piece of hockey advice for people. If you're going to, for that puck in the corner, and you hesitate, like if you're thinking twice about going yeah. there, it's usually that's what ends up being where you're in a worse off situation. Right. It's like you should always try and be first. Like, cause if you get there first, you chant, you might be able to dodge the hit or whatever, but it's, mm -hmm. it's those plays where you're like, should I, or shouldn't I? And then that's where it tends to kind of get 
dirtier or messier or you lose the puck or whatever. So right. if you're thinking about going to get that puck, just go get that puck. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess if you're the guy, if you're the second guy going after the first one to get the puck, if you, if you kind of like read it wrong, like, you know, you zig and they zag or whatever, and it's a quick curl out. And then that guy is long gone before you're even exactly. able to react. Yeah. Like hockey is like, you know, a majority of just like who can think the quickest. So yeah. if you can think quicker to get to that puck, you're going to be better off instead of being like, ah, oh, maybe I'll get it. And then mm-hmm. guy burns you or you're getting up, getting there late. And then he just picks your pocket or whatever. But anyways. <laughs> yeah, no, I think a lot of it is getting to the puck first. You just want to be on the puck. And that's what, when you watch hockey on TV and you see good teams, 90% of it. And that's what they call the 50, 50 puck battles or whatever. 90% of the good teams that are, they're, they're just on the puck first, relentless on it. And then, and then strong on the stick and whatnot. And, and, and uh, not, not to nerd out too much further, but if you see me getting to that puck first and you're on my team, then you get yourself in it. And like, there's a, so much stuff happening away right. from the play that yeah, you gotta all read, unfolds. Like it's you gotta crazy. kind of read that and say like, Oh, I'm just going to dip back here and support him back here. I could, he can yeah. give it to me. And then he's in the free and Bob's your uncle. So yeah. Before before we get talking about uh, Rick Kehoe here, because I do want to talk a little Kehoe, um, I gotta <laughs> I gotta pat myself on the back, Randy. Um, so my rec league team that I'm playing on this year, we are in playoffs right now. We just had our first playoff game last weekend. Next playoff game is coming up uh, in a night or two here, and uh, we won two to one. I got the game winning goal, Randy. Nice. It, um, and you know what I did? I read the play. I kind of found a quiet spot on the ice. I let uh, my center, Rob, do all the work. <laughs> yeah. He got me the puck, and I just had an easy little bing, bang, boom. It's in the there back of go. the net. So, yeah, read the room. <laughs> yeah, read, read the room, read the play. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right on. Anyway, um, yeah, so it's fun. Winning in the playoffs is fun, guys. So uh, Rick Kehoe, let's talk about Kehoe. He was a bit of a, I don't know if you want to call him a junior star, because like he had pretty good numbers in junior, but there were bigger stars in junior for sure. But still, um, he was drafted 22nd overall in 1971 by the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's, uh, he hails from Windsor, Ontario. And uh, so, you know, some, some might say his, his hometown Leafs, although Maybe he was Detroit. a Wings fan. Yeah, he might have been yeah. a Wings fan growing up or something, but it doesn't really matter because when an NHL team drafts you, that's your new favorite team, right? So, um, but anyway, he only played two seasons in Toronto. And you know what? He had a pretty darn good rookie season, potting 33 goals in 77 games, finished with 75 points in his rookie year. Um, was that good enough for him to get rookie of the year? No, it was not. Um, but excuse me, he did play um, in a couple of all-star games in his career. Those weren't until uh, about, I don't know, close to 10 years later um, when he was with the Penguins and he scored 55 goals in the 80-81 season. And uh, he, that, he had an all-star year that year. And he also won the Lady Bing uh, the, the year he won the Lady that was the same year 
he won the Lady Bing 80-81, which I think we've talked about this before, but that's like, I, I really like that trophy. <laughs> I think it's a great award. Um, so here's here's the stat line for Rick Kehoe in 80-81. 80 games played, 55 goals, 33 assists for 88 points, minus eight. I mean, it was the Penguins in the early 80s. Yeah, preview. Uh, yeah. Six penalty minutes. Um, so not too shabby. Well, he, 35 he, of he his played, 55 goals were even strength as well. He played 906 NHL games and he only had 120 PIMS. Some mm-hmm. guys get that in a season. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, Dubois is almost at that for the Jets this season. Nah, not quite. He's only a. I don't know what 90 or something like that, but, um, but, you know, speaking of parallels there, Kyle Connor this season, uh, I know I don't have a vote in the NHL awards, but if I did, I think I'd vote Kyle Connor for lady Bing because He's got what four PIMS or something. Four, yeah. Four or like something like that. Like I think yeah. it's only four penalty minutes. So two minor penalties, probably, you know, hooking, hooking tripping interference whatever like some yeah some call right and but he's uh approaching 50 goals i think he's at 40 something 41 i believe yeah 41 yeah so i don't know i really like kyle connor for the lady bing which as we just discussed rick kehoe won in 1980 81 um and he was a two-time all-star and just a general good-looking guy from that era like that 70s 80s era we'll post up some pictures but i mean if you want to see a guy with cool hair and a mustache yeah do yourself a favor <laughs> google <laughs> rick kehoe penguins yeah um i like that 17 though it's a good looking number you know i don't know it's uh and and when he played for the Penguins, they had several different kinds of uniforms. They had those blue ones, and then they went to the black and gold or black and yellow, whatever it is. Um, and he eventually, I mean, he started his career, I would say, helmetless because it was the, was the early 70s. 70s. Yeah. But he did put a bucket on when he got to Pittsburgh. And it was kind of like, I mean, I don't know what kind of helmet that was, but it was it was a common helmet at that time. Like, I don't know enough about helmets to be honest with you. That but, looks like a coho helmet in the picture that you sent me. I think okay. like, it looks like a coho. Yeah. That's, that could very well be. Yeah. It's kind of round and it's almost um, like the Hawken, uh, no, what's his name? Uh, a Hawken lube or, or Matt's mm, Naslund helmet kind of mm, like that, but which uh, those were Jofas, but this one doesn't, it's not a Jofa, but it's of the similar style, but, but those those blue Pittsburgh Penguins sweaters with the same, you know, triangular penguin logo, I like those. Those are pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Pretty good. And they, yeah. Anyway, Rick Kehoe. So what else did Rick Kehoe do? I mean. Well, he was he a minus is... 45 in 82, 83. So <laughs> he clearly didn't play uh, defense. Uh, Don't back check. Also, no. also, the Penguins were very, as we'll kind of hear from, uh, Chris, number two, later in this episode, uh, the Penguins who had some thin years, and that would be one of them, likely. Right, right. So we are going to be talking to Chris, number two, from the band Anti-Flag a little later in this episode. This is a snippet of a conversation we previously had with him. 
Um, he's a mega Penguins fan, big hockey guy. And they are going out on tour this spring and they will be coming to Winnipeg and we're going to, we're going to hook up with uh, him and, and talk some hockey again. So that'll be pretty fun. So we thought in honor of that, let's throw it back and have a little clip of that. But one last Rick Kehoe fact, maybe he is the fifth, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins fifth leading career scorer. Did I say that right? Uh, fifth most points in his career as a penguin after you got your Lemieux, Yager, Crosby, Malkin, Rikiho, number five. Wow. More than Latang. I guess so. That's, I mean, that's cool. That's my cool. pals at wikipedia.com. <laughs> yeah, well, did you just uh, edit that page to say that? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Rick nothing. is listening and he just did that just to yeah, yeah. sneak something else in. But, yeah. uh, we should we should move on to kind of recap our uh, our trade deadline uh, episode right. we did a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, so you yeah. know we we had our all sorts of speculation and actually we broke some trades on the show. I remember we, we were did. we were like uh, leading the charge there. So Tommy, uh, just from maybe from the Jets' perspective, what you know what do you how do you feel about uh, the Winnipeg Jets moving forward now post deadline? Like what they did at the deadline, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that they did what they kind of had to do. I think they did all right at the deadline, to be honest. You know, unexpectedly, they brought back Mason Appleton. Um, and that was before the actual trade deadline. So I think we did talk about that on the last episode because it had already happened. But uh, what hadn't happened yet was that they shipped out Andrew Kopp. He was like the last trade before the actual 3 p.m. deadline kind of thing. And... Um, I think that was three Eastern uh, and he, you know, that he went to the New York Rangers. We got back, the jets got back a draft pick, a conditional draft pick, right? Uh, second round pick. But if, you know, the Rangers make the conference finals, I thought it was two second rounds. Oh, okay. One, one of them is conditional. I think. Correct. Give right. Me a first. Yeah. Right. So two second rounders, one of them conditional that if the Rangers make the conference finals, it becomes a first. And um, and then we also got back Morgan Barron, who made his Jets debut last night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Little note to the listeners: we're recording this on Friday, uh, April first. Happy April's Fool's Day! <laughs> uh, hey, uh, just on that note, I thought it was a thing that any April Fool's jokes you had to do before noon. Yeah, it's yeah. over at noon. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just wanted to yeah. make sure because I've been seeing them all day, and this is. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I I didn't even realize it was April Fool's Day until about like 10 30, 11 o'clock this morning. And by then yeah. I was like, well, it's too it's late over. to pull yeah. any pranks on my uh family here. So you know so, so were were you surprised to see cop go? Honestly, I was. I thought the Jets were gonna just stand pat and be boring, right. but uh but they traded him. So what do you think? I was I was expecting him to be moved, and so I wasn't surprised. But like you had put that sort of seed of reasonable doubt in my head that maybe they're just going to stand pat and not do anything. And I was like, oh, that doesn't seem like, you know, that seems like a Jets thing to do maybe. But um, so I was kind of like, you know, if he doesn't go, I guess that's what it is. But he I wasn't surprised to see him go. And I liked the return for him. Um, I will say that I feel a little bit of bias and uh, towards Morgan Barron and hoping that he does well 
and I hope that he can come in for the Jets and do do well. And his brother, Justin, who got traded also from Colorado to Montreal on the deadline day. They're brothers that are from Halifax. Justin played for the Mooseheads. Morgan went the U.S. college route. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, just uh, some some guys from back home, and there's not a ton of Nova Scotians in the NHL. So I'm, I'm hoping for them and I like to see uh, the odd uh, maritimer on the on the Jets it hasn't been one in a long time I don't think so um, yeah I think Luke Green was the last guy from the Maritimes and, and I don't know a, that he ever got a Jets game yeah, and he it was really a played was, cup of coffee a very very uh, uh, yeah. half full cup of coffee but let's yeah. let's go to the first track here of the episode and we'll come back talk a bit more uh, trades and talk some other NHL stuff Sounds good. So we're going to toss it to a little track by a band called Pop. They are a very good band. Uh, They recorded this album in the studio of our former. So, okay, it's convoluted way to say it, but former guest Dave Zamboni of the Zambonis of Connecticut, USA. His neighbor has a studio and has recorded all kinds of legendary, you know, bands there. The pup went there and recorded this brand new album at that studio. The album came out today, Friday, April 1st. Here's a song off of it called Matilda.
Okay, that was Pup with their tune, Matilda, which is a song about a guitar and uh, a guitar that just wouldn't stay in tune anymore, but did write a lot of songs, had a great history. Uh, Randy, have you noticed that Brad Marchand is selling cereal now? Uh, He's got the March Munch Cinnamon Crunch cereal out. Uh, He's not the only one. John Tavares, he's also got cereal on the go now. Uh, recipe 91. This is a granola. Uh, Marchand's is a uh, uh, sugary <laughs> cereal. Uh, read into that what you will, I suppose. But um, yeah. what do you think of these little promotional opportunities by these uh, big name players? Well, I come from the era of, of uh, pro stars or yeah. whatever, uh, of, from Wayne Gretzky. And That's I remember, right. I remember having that cereal uh, quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was the, those stars. They were kind of like, yeah, I guess you could say they kind of tasted like uh, honey nut Cheerios. They were. Like, I'm pretty sure they were honey nut yeah, Cheerios, just like in a, a different, different shape. shape. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so yeah, you know, it's 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 like you know, it's it's interesting to see it's kind of being resurrected. Mm-hmm. Um, the funny thing that I love about hockey cereals is how they can't use the licensed uh, NHL logos and stuff on the boxes. So they just like airbrush <laughs> so they, yeah, them out, I so guess. So they have yeah. the, the clever way of, of putting, so like on the front of March Munch, it just says number 63, like on yeah. his chest instead of the Boston logo. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen the the Tavares one, but... Um, I would imagine it's the same. Something similar. Uh, but no, that's cool. Like, you know, like it's, it's, it's nostalgic, you know, like I said, I, I loved what I loved having the, the Gretzky cereal and it's something new for kids. So I, I loved pro stars when I was a kid. Like, I don't think I was allowed to get them very often because they were like probably sugary or something. Right. And it was, you know, yeah, we, we weren't allowed super sugary cereals until, until I was like a teenager. And then I was like, <laughs> I got my own job. I'm buying sugary cereal. But, <laughs> yeah. but well, uh, uh, apparently there was a, McKin- a McKinnon crunch and it's like, it's like cornflakes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't see that one, but I I yeah. like the f- promotional photos of Brad Marchand with his box of cereal yeah. and the jug of milk. And he's just, <laughs> and then there's one of him looking at the box by yeah. a rink and it's the, the like, thumbs up he's he's using a, like a mini stick for a spoon too yeah well okay so well here's the thing is you can buy um well and here's the other thing so i don't think pro stars were 15 dollars a box you no, know probably like, 2.99 at uh, yeah. co-op so these guys <laughs> are pretty expensive um but i guess is that because they're collector's items and it, that's just the time of like the era we live in? I don't know, but like, yeah, they're, they're not cheap. Um, the first batch already sold out of March Munch. Uh, here's a fun fact though. They've got, there's a word search on the back of the box. Oh, you got to have my, something to look at though. At the one of my favorite things was <laughs> eating cereal and looking at reading the yeah. back of the box. That's where I learned to speak French or read French at least. Anyway. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you gotta like that. So, um, that's just one of the many promotional things going on. You got that with the, and then the the Tavares 91. Before we move on though, like 
it's interesting that like Tavares has like the the healthy cereal and then right. and March uh Marshawn has the, <laughs> the sugar cereal. Yeah. Um if you had to pick one right now, if you had one box of each in front of you and you you could only pick one, which one are you going with? I'm probably going with Marshan's uh <laughs> March Crunch there. I I don't know, it just seems like yeah, you know, like as an adult, though, I will say that maybe the recipe 91 appeals to me a little yeah. more. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> if like, I was a kid, I would totally go for the March Munch. But, you know, it's it's who they're uh, it's who yeah. they're marketing to. And like the, the recipe 91, it's like granola with like blueberries in it or yeah. something. Dark chocolate, <laughs> yeah. like coconut yeah. flakes. and It's like, you know, uh, it contains protein to get you through your yeah. morning workout or something. But yeah. uh you know, I, I, I'm not a Leafs fan, but I'd probably take the granola. That's, that's a pretty old man thing to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm like looking at my stage of life, I'm like, oh, the granola sounds pretty good. But <laughs> if I'm thinking like as a kid, I'm going March Munch for sure. I don't think uh, Tavares has a uh, crossword or uh, word search on the back of his box. So just saying, you know. No, it's um, probably like, you know, uh, here's a 30 minute workout for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of the leaps, they, they had another, uh, promotional thing going on recently. They, uh, debuted some new sweaters they were wearing and actually, so they, they wore these black sweaters with, with blue. They had two blue stripes on the arm and whatever but they, they were pretty sleek looking i thought they were pretty nice turns out they were like designed by justin bieber and justin bieber of course has a an outfit like a, a clothing apparel company called drew um and that and you know austin matthews can be seen wearing drew clothing all the time along with his little fanny pack purse that he carries around it's not a purse it's a European carry-all, but uh, <laughs> it's immersed. It's immersed. <laughs> but um, yeah, what? It, and then, and then the other. So the those sweaters that they wore apparently are reversible, and you turn them inside out, and that they're like basically the Pittsburgh Penguins or Boston Bruins colors. They're black and gold, and then they've got like the maple leaf with like the little Drew smiley face, which looks to me kind of like the dazed and confused smiley face from the movie box. You know what I mean? Yeah. But also like the star from Mario brothers too. Yeah. A little bit <laughs> like that. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So what, what did you think of that little uh, collab? And would you like to, if you had to imagine that the jets would ever do such a thing, like, uh, or any other, what, like if like, let's go down this road for a quick second. What if, the Jets did a collab with a, a, a Winnipeg famous musician, Randy Bachman and oh, Burton Cummings. <laughs> Their jerseys would be like jean jackets with the sleeves cut yeah, off. Yeah. A DOA. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, like that. You know, you know, I agree. Also, I got to think back to like an episode, maybe three episodes ago. I remember us talking about jerseys, like jerseys just being two colors. And mm. I remember like saying like if the Leafs were ever to add a third color, 
I think right. maybe we put Black in there as one an option. So maybe uh, Biebs is listening and he Biebs was heard. listening. Yeah. But uh, no, they were pretty sharp. I, honestly, the best thing about that whole scenario was their hockey gloves looked sweet. They, they were black gloves with like the, the blue, like kind of around the wrist area. Mm. The, the gloves looked pretty awesome. Um, yeah. Pretty interesting thing. Uh, the whole reversible, it's trendy kind of neat uh like that was part of that whole next gen thing that they like that they did that night and then the jets did a next gen night i think uh, a couple days later if the jets won i don't i don't see the jets doing anything so uh outside the box like that the one thing the jets do quite well though is the the waysack jerseys uh that they're wearing i think on this weekend on april saturday against uh LA. So yeah. when you're listening to this, it'll have already happened. If if I were to say like what I'd like to see from a Jets jersey, it would be cool to do something that was like just two colors, mm. like blue and black, or blue and white, or something. Like I, I just find that super sharp. Yeah. Uh, whether they would have blue, if know. it was blue and black, the num like you would Dennis Bayek would complain about the numbers for sure. <laughs> Actually, you know what it'd probably be? It'd probably be like the blue from the aviator jerseys, that light oh, yeah. blue. Yeah. And then like a dark blue. You the know, navy like, kind of. Yeah, I would like, say that, you know, and if they're listening, don't steal my idea. So, <laughs> uh, no, but. Yeah. Uh, it's fun to think that, like, you know, with the Bieber collab with, um, with the Leafs, like, I mean, obviously him and Matthews have some kind of major bromance happening where they go to UFC fights together, all this stuff. But I don't know that other NHL players have such a relationship with pop with anyone like in the sort of pop world or whatever, but it's kind of fun to think like, Oh, okay. Like, and we did this last year. I think we were like, Oh, if this band was from this city, cause cause Bieber yes. wrote a song for the Leafs. Right. And who would do the Jets song. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. like now it's like, who would, who would do their outfit? So like, in Vancouver, it's like, okay, you got Michael Bublé. Uh, so the, and the Canucks already have black <laughs> outfits. Maybe they could do like a tuxedo, a tuxedo looking thing or whatever, like a little jazz suit, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't like there's, there's no clear like Winnipeg. Yeah. Like how there used to be with Burton Cummings. Like he's still yeah. around, but he's just yeah. not around like yeah. that. Um, but you know, in similar fashion to the the uh, bromance between uh, Biebs and Matthews, there's a bit of a bromance between two of your uh, uh, Nova Scotian hockey players. Yeah. And a certain uh, chain of donuts and coffee. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, another yeah classic promotional sort of uh, situation is, yeah, you got Sidney Crosby and Nate McKinnon. They're big Tim Hortons guys. They're they're shilling they're shilling the Timmy Ho Hos, uh, like the the famous ad of them trying to go through the drive through on the Zamboni. Pretty good, actually. I thought that was a pretty good ad. Um, they're going to be going head to head here uh, on the schedule, aren't yeah, they? Like starting that... tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So tomorrow afternoon. So we've got a couple of hot teams in the Penguins and the Avalanche. The Avalanche just hit the 100-point 
plateau, I guess you would call yeah, it. They got 102 uh, last night. I was watching yeah. the game. Okay, so uh, and they beat right. They beat San Jose four two. So their next game is against Pittsburgh. That's on Saturday, April second, and then they play them on the fifth. It's a home right, and home. Right after a home and home. Okay, nice. So Pittsburgh sitting fourth in the uh, Eastern Conference with ninety two points. Um, Avs, of course, right on top of the West uh, with one hundred two, and I mean. Second place in the West isn't even really close. It's Calgary with 89, whereas in the East, things are a lot tighter. You know, the Rangers, the Leafs, Tampa, you know, they're all right there with Pittsburgh. It could it depends when you wake up on what day, like who's going to be in what position. One thing about the East that we know is the eight teams that are already in the playoffs, basically. I don't think they have X's beside their names yet, but... Yeah. They'll just kind of rearrange themselves, but no one else, like Columbus is too far back to get in. Yeah, exactly. And the Islanders are too far back. But in the West, there is a bit of a playoff race for that final wild card spot, which, of course, the Jets are kind of part of. Um, You know, they've got... uh, They've got a big game Saturday against the, uh, the LA Kings. And then, you know, LA's sitting pretty they're um second or third in the pacific they're you know they're looking all right they've got unless they absolutely tank and don't win a game for the rest of the year they're probably you know a playoff team here but um yeah i don't know like what do you think of pittsburgh like here's my here's my hot take that's really not so hot but i think pittsburgh they're like like because everybody's talking about florida everybody's talking about tampa if you're in Toronto, you're talking about Toronto, you know, I think the Penguins now, I think the Penguins could make a little bit of a dark horse run. Tristan Jerry is like Vesna caliber goalie this year, whether or not he'll win it. I don't think he will because his buddy just down the, down the road in the Atlantic division, uh, Igor Shesterkin probably going to win the Vesna. Oh no, he's he's metropolitan as well. Oh, metropolitan. Sorry, not Atlantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I watched a Pittsburgh New York Rangers game the other day, three two Rangers final. But that was a good game. That was tight. That was that was a really good game. And I was a little sad to see the Penguins come up short there. Um, but you know, that's a series. I think that would that would be a great series. Oh yeah. Any and, series right now in the East is going to be a good one. Like mm-hmm. Toronto, Tampa Bay, first round. Rangers, uh, Pittsburgh, first round. Carolina will play, uh, what, Boston. And Washington will play Florida if, to, if the playoffs started today. Like, yeah. those are all sick matchups. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. Pittsburgh, uh, y- y- I wouldn't call them a dark horse. I'd call them, like, they're, they're you know, with that lineup. And, you know, getting everyone getting healthy. I think Zucker's back now, finally. Yeah, but um, you know what? I think he also, he came back, but then was injured, whether or not it's... Oh, geez. So, like... I heard he came back, but I didn't see what happened that game. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to, if it's, like, long-term or whatever. I think it's... Um, they said lower body, so I, I don't know okay. uh, what's going to happen there. But Well, all that said... Um, 
we, as Tom mentioned, we we had Chris number two on the episode on the show about a year and a half ago or so, and and Billy Talent and Anti Flag are coming back through Winnipeg here shortly, so we're going to be catching up with them real soon. But we're going to just throw to a clip here uh, where uh, where we were asking Chris, you know, and Tommy and I are huge Penguins fans, and we've been fans for a while. But um, what's it like to live in a city when your team has won five Stanley Cups? Uh, and Chris kind of gives his take on the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs, where you need to uh, have those uh, tough years to to rebuild and, mm. and uh, you know, uh, get those draft picks instead of just being kind of stuck in the middle and never kind of uh, getting, you're always stuck kind of in the middle. So here's Chris's take. And uh, after Chris gives his take, we're going to play a new, or not a new tune, the songs from, uh american spring it's called brandenburg gate and uh here's chris number two as a penguins fan it was sick to go to games for literally ten dollars and sit on the glass like we had the x generation our greatest player was rico fatta you know and like there's a lot in between those years there are a lot of really lean years and so it is an interesting dichotomy to see teams that are, you know, pretty middle of the pack all the time. And they never get that high, high, but they never get that low, low. And so, um, you know, I definitely understand that what has happened in Pittsburgh is something we shouldn't take for granted. I don't really enjoy going to games um, in at the new arena here. It's like, it's so clean. It's like a hospital. Everybody there got their tickets from a work function. They don't, you know, they only want to see them win. They only know that they're Stanley cup champions. There's not a lot of love for the game itself versus when you would go when they were there, they won those first two cups. Um, they, you know, they hadn't won in 30 years. And so that energy was, untouchable and so if you've experienced that and now you experience this new version of it that's like you know very stale and very just like oh i gotta get i gotta beat traffic it doesn't matter what the game is or where everybody's leaving you know um that's it frustrates me and i don't like it having that much power over me so i just remove myself from this um i feel like that's kind of a function of new sports arenas though the chairs are so comfy you know there's all the amenities all that kind of stuff and the old the old uh, rinks and whatever you know it was you're you're crammed in there it's not very comfortable you but yeah anyway sorry i I cut you off there i have two melon arena seats in my house oh nice they are not comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) They're for show, not for sitting. (laughs) So is that like, is that the igloo you mean? Is that those? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And it's, yeah, I, I just, to wrap it up. I mean, I understand that the success breeds complacency because we have a great model of that in the Steelers, the Steelers, you know, always win. I mean, the, you know, it's, it's, not only do they always win in a 16 game season, they haven't had a losing season in like 20 years or something like that. And so it's, you, you just see it everywhere. It's like, okay, well, this is, you know what you're going to get. It's kind of, and so it is, 
the rebuild years for as difficult as they are, I do think that they, to those of us that are invested in the game, it really is an interesting story and it's engaging and it captivates you. And then when you see Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin turn into what they've turned into, I have a much greater respect for the people that, you know, are builders of the teams and the architects of dynasties, because this is as close as you get, you know, like you're not going to have somebody winning four cups in a row anymore. anymore, Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm, I enjoy, I enjoy that every game is competitive, you know, right now they're losing to the flyers, you know, I mean, it's (laughs) nothing is um, uh, the parody is real, but um, I also, I look forward to in a couple years when they're rebuilding and I can just go to the game in an afternoon and enjoy myself because there's just me.
great. That was Brandenburg Gate by Anti Flag. Uh, Brandenburg Gate, of course, a little, uh, well, not a little, a big thing in Germany, in Berlin, uh, right at the Tiergarten, the entrance to the big park there. Uh, pretty cool. I was there, I don't know, a little more than a decade ago, I guess. Right on. And actually, there's a great podcast called Chris DeMakes a Podcast, and it's Chris, the guy from Less Than Jake. And he interviews different artists about uh, songs and how they wrote them and how they came up with them. And he interviewed Chris about the Brandenburg Gate song. And he tells the whole story about writing the song and, and it's, it's meaning and everything. So uh, mm. it's pretty cool. Check it out. Very nice. Yeah. It's right at the, the end of Unter den Linden, which is, um, you know, if you translate that to English, it's like Linden Boulevard or whatever. And when I was there, it was the Euro 2008s or whatever, and Team Germany lost in the final to Spain. They came back to Berlin, and there was a big, like, I didn't even know what was going on. Just happened to be in the middle of the crowd. They're like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, oh, Team Germany. They're coming to, we're going to, like, hug them because they're sad or whatever. Anyway, I was right in front of Brandenburg Gate. So uh, pretty cool. Um we forgot to mention when we were talking penguins before our uh, chat with Chris there was uh, this fun fact about Sidney Crosby. Um, yeah, we talked about his relationship with Tim Hortons, but we didn't say he just achieved his 17th consecutive point per game season, which is second only to the great one, Wayne Gretzky who had 19 consecutive point-per-game seasons. Not too shabby. Also, makes you really realize, what? Sidney Crosby's been in the league for 17 years? Like, it's insane. I didn't really... <laughs> yeah, 2005 was when he was drafted, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. But yeah, so Sid hit the 71-point uh, mark but he's only played 57 games this year. So he can max out at 70 games this year if he plays the rest of the games. And so he's already got that point per game thing in the bag. He's at 1.25 this year, which is his best career mark was 1.68, which was the year he came. There were like two years where he didn't play much hockey. Remember, like he had the concussion uh, there was the high ankle sprain, all that stuff. He had, he had some injuries that kept him out for a lot of time that was post Olympics. And anyway, his best points per game was the season. He only played 22 games and he had 37 points. Um, geez, imagine if you would have played that whole season. I know. Right. Yeah. Like it's, uh, that's the thing about Sid. He missed a lot of hockey in his first few seasons there. He, he had some injuries, but you know, he's he's almost at 1,100 games played in his career, and he's almost at 1,400 career points. So not, not too, too shabby. shabby. <laughs> yeah. Way yeah. to go, Sid. <laughs> yeah. His career points per game is 1.27. Yeah. So yeah. That's got to go. be up there. Yeah. Yeah. If we're looking all time. Especially for players over 1,000 games, too. Yeah. 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 Once you start going north of that, you're getting into the greats obviously. And Sid, I would put him up there with the greats of the game. Um, you know, I know people have arguments of 
you know, whatever, like, but it's just like, he's just so remarkably consistent and he's just done it all. And he's Mr. Clutch and just like, but that, and that's why I think the penguins can be that team that goes for sure on a run. I just think Sid is, is not done. (laughs) Yeah. He's still got a good team. He's got a really good goalie behind him. The, the penguins D is their top drawer. They're, uh, in the upper sort of third of the league in defense in terms of goals against or whatever, like they're, you know, um, they've got some, some great D back there. And well, and Mike um, Sullivan runs a tight ship. Like he, there's mm-hmm. systems and that, you know, like we, there's still Jeff Carter and, and uh, Brian Boyle and Chris Letang. Like there's a whole supporting cast there, Jake Gensel. Uh, you know, there's a lot of players there and, mm-hmm. This could be the last hurrah for the big three, Malkin, Latang, and Crosby. So they're, yeah, they're gonna want to go out on tap. Yeah, Latang's deal is up after this year, although he has said that if he's gonna keep playing, it's gonna be with the Penguins essentially. So we'll oh he see has said happens. that. I didn't know that. I, just I heard, heard him he, say something like that. I just heard he wanted to like he wouldn't take a hometown discount, but who knows? I'm sure like all this cap uh manipulation and and uh uh, arithmetic, uh, I'm sure they'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll see. What What would your ideal Stanley Cup final this year look like? Uh, you might hate me for saying this, but I wouldn't mind seeing Tampa win three. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It's just like, like we're, 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 you know, dynasties, you know, don't come all come along very often. So it'd be kind of neat to see Tampa Bay. Yeah. do it again like they've got the team to do it but honestly like staying on the theme of everything it would be cool to see nate versus sid yeah. uh, and it'd be tough to to see it'd be tough to choose who two to win for because you'd want sid sid and crew to win one more but you also want nate to get his cup but for sure who knows and i think nova scotia would like blow itself up off the map if nova if sid and nate went head to head it would be it would be intense uh yeah and uh you know if they if one of them does get a cup this year chances are the stanley cup parade is gonna be in august right uh i have a vacation booked to go back to nova scotia there you go sid nate make it happen (laughs) yeah i'd like to go to the parade guys so So. we got we got about two and a half minutes left here tommy uh so one last piece of business here that we'd like to kind of send the listeners off with uh some unfortunate news uh, over the past week in the rock and roll rock and roll world uh mr taylor hawkins has has passed on to to play in the sky with all the other rock and roll gates uh, great. Sorry. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's a sad loss for, for the rock and roll world and then, you know, everyone in general, but, uh, well, Tommy, like, are you, are you a big foo fan and have you seen them before? Yes. And yes. Yeah, no, for sure. Like I, I've seen Foo Fighters a couple times and definitely a fan. Um, I, I would like, yeah, they're just one of those bands that, uh, I mean, they've been around, since I was like in grade nine or whatever. And, um, you know, they're, they're, uh, a, a top drawer band. I've seen Like <laughs> I saw them once in Calgary and it was like, they played for like three hours or something insane like that. And like, I was like, I mean, I was a younger man at that time. And still I was like, my God, my knees and my back <laughs> are killing me. Like, guys, I think I need to sit down. Um, but it's not cool to sit at rock shows. So, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I really liked 
you know, the, and, and yeah, Taylor Hawkins, um, he was, he was a great drummer. And I, I remember the very first time I saw the Foo Fighters was in Halifax at like a summer, somersault, uh, you know, one of those type of festivals or whatever. And they, so Dave Grohl and him switched spots. So Dave went to play drums and he came out to sing and they did have a cigar by Pink Floyd. And I remember like, you know, I just remember that moment very vividly or whatever. So it was pretty, pretty sad to hear the news of him passing. Um, yeah. So, so to, to send him off, uh, we got uh, one track to go here. Uh, and Tommy will, uh, like you mentioned, we've got uh, some potential guests with Chris number two and, and John Gallant from Billy Talent and uh, some playoff predictions coming up too. I, I We got to talk playoffs here soon. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be playoffs in like a month. And so that's when things get interesting. And we do have some other guests hopefully getting lined up here. We're working the, we're working the lines. So, uh, you know, stay tuned for that, but yeah, Chris will be swinging through town. Chris and John will be swinging through town soon. So we'll be talking to them in the not too distant future, but, uh, let's go out on uh, Foo Fighters track here. This is white limo. This came off their waste wasting light album, which is about 10 years old now, which is, that blows my mind as well, <laughs> but, uh, great tune. Uh, hard and heavy, fast, and just slays, just like uh, Taylor did every night he hit the drums. There, here's Foo Fighters with uh, White Limo. Keep your stick on the ice, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> 